treat your presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Practice your introduction 50 to 100 times. Not five times, not three times, 50 times. It'll take you an hour. It's pretty simple. Same thing with the conclusion, 50 times. It'll take you an hour. And then after that, two hours of practice, you'll have already been the best presenter you've ever had, the best presentation you've ever given in your life with just two minutes of practice and two minutes of presentation rather. And then with that confidence, you then tackle the middle and say, well, these edges were pretty easy. I'm pretty good at this thing. And now you have the confidence you need to really get the middle right. Hello and welcome to the Small Business School. My name is Craig Staley, 20-year retail veteran, e-commerce practitioner, and entrepreneur. Each week, I will interview a new small business owner that we can learn from to take our businesses to the next level. Now, let's go. Today, we have Brendan Kamarasamy, communication expert and founder of MasterTalk, a YouTube channel focused on teaching the masses the art of public speaking. Have you ever wondered the best way to write a speech or what's more important to wow your audience, the content or the delivery? Well, you're in luck. I discuss that with Brendan and much more in today's episode. So without further ado, Brendan Kamarasamy. All right. I'd like to welcome my next guest. It's Brendan Kumarasamy from Master Talk. He's the CEO and we're happy to have him here today. Thanks for having me. How are you today, Brendan? Great, Craig. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Hey, can you give a little bit of your personal background to the audience before we get started? Yeah, of course. Happy to. So my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. It's a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication, public speaking. I guess the short story and how I got started was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were kind of playing football or soccer or some other thing. I had that same competitive spirit, but I applied it to presentations. Presented a bunch of times, coached a bunch of people. And then after I started working in the corporate world, I kind of just asked myself, what can I do to make a difference? Saw a lot of the communication information out there was really bad. So I started making videos in my mother's basement a couple of months Mm -hmm. later turned into a thing and here we are today. Awesome. So literally a couple months later, you, did you quit your job or how, how long did it take before you quit your job? No, I actually haven't quit my job yet. Oh, as okay. of now, but uh, I'm pretty close though. But, but I think the yeah, idea yeah. is just, yeah, you got to kind of manage you it. You feel make pretty sure. secure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm close. Don't worry though. But yeah, it's working Awesome. Well. So you kind of got started in your, in your mom's basement. How many videos do you do a week? So I do once a week. Once a week. Okay. And all around public speaking, basically. You got it. So like when I started, I had five, 10 video ideas. But as you keep going with it, you know, your audience gives you a bunch of great ideas that you never mm-hmm. thought of. And then you can build on that and create new stuff. That's awesome. So what advice would you give any listener that might be thinking about starting a YouTube channel to support their business? So the, the, the advice I would give is just to figure out if YouTube is a good platform for you. And what I mean by that is a lot of people are eager to start a YouTube channel, but aren't eager to persist. That's why most people give up their channels. And the reason is because, you know, it's tough to post once every week. Like now I'm pretty crazy, but I have a nice workflow. I I create content years in advance now, so I'm pretty nuts. But at the beginning, it wasn't like that. You know, it was just a phone 
I was in a basement. I had no money, no budget. I was still a broke student when I started the channel. So I, I still, I was only a couple of months off before I started my corporate job. So I, I didn't have anything. It was mostly just me doing it every week. So the, the advice I have is to figure out if it's for you. Don't forget about the tags and the optimizations, all that stuff. That's not necessary unless you're serious about YouTube. I would just start making a video with your phone. No editing either. I didn't edit any of my videos my first year. I was just practicing on camera. So just take out a phone, say whatever you want to say, post it and do that once a week. And if you can do that for eight weeks, then you want to look more into YouTube strategy and take it more seriously as a platform. Interesting. So, you know, as business owners, I think, you know, entrepreneurs, I think, you know, if we want to grow our businesses, we've, we've got to be good communicators and good, good speakers. What are a few tips that you think we could do to up our game? You know, the next time we're called to speak in front of clients or employees or any audience of our peers? Absolutely. So I'll give you the easiest one that people can implement tomorrow, which is called the puzzle method. So in many ways, Craig, public speaking is like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, those mm-hmm. thousand piece puzzles you're going to put together. So if I asked you, Craig, let's say you're working on a jigsaw puzzle yourself, which pieces yeah. would you start with first and why? Got to go with the corners and the outside. Got to find those first because then it, once you have those, it's easier to kind of start moving towards the middle. You got it, man. Exactly. And most people answer the corners, which is right. Yeah. You know, you, you get those corner pieces out of the way, you got, you got the right framework for the middle. So the question we need to ask ourselves is why don't we do that in public speaking? Right? We've got a presentation in two days, work, school, you name it. So what do we do? We start with the middle first. We shove a bunch of content and then it's Friday. We give our presentation last slide. And it sounds something like this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks. Probably 97% of the presentations I see out there. And the best part, it's easy to fix. Treat your presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Practice your introduction 50 to hundred times, not five times, not three times, 50 times. It'll take you an hour. It's pretty simple. Same thing with the conclusion 50 times. It'll take you an hour. And then after that, Two hours of practice, you'll have already been the best presenter you've ever had, you, the best presentation you've ever given in your life with just two minutes of practice and two minutes of presentation, rather. And then with that confidence, you then tackle the middle and say, Well, these edges were pretty easy. I'm pretty good at this thing. And now you have the confidence you need to really get the middle right. But much like a jigsaw puzzle, who does puzzles on their own? Do it with your friends, do it with your family, do it with people you care about. Even today, as a professional speaker, Craig, I still do all my keynotes with my friends. That's awesome. So you sit them down and do they help you prep it or just kind of listen to you, give you advice on your presentation piece of it? It's, it's definitely a bit of everything. I'm fortunate, I guess. But I, but I think for most people, at least having them just watch it, give you their, their ideas and their thoughts is always a great accountability to have. That's great. What do you think if when someone's standing in front of an audience and they're, they're doing public speaking, what's a good way to up their their public speaking skills when they're in front of an actual audience? Right. For me, what's always been the most helpful and the most effective, and there's no like small trick that's going to magically, oh, just say a joke. No, that doesn't work if you're not funny. I think the key is what the best speakers in the world do is that they present one or two presentations hundreds of times. But what most of us do is we present hundreds of presentations one time. One time. So you got a presentation at work, you give it, and it's not your fault. I mean, you just got to move on to the next work presentation. But let's say you think about your podcast, Craig. What, what are you at? Like episode 50, 25? We're somewhere around, you'll probably be episode 28 or 9 probably. Sure. So let's say you compare episode 1 with where you are today. Out of sure. 10, how would you say your communications have improved? Oh, I would say early on maybe it was 
three or four. I'm pretty hard on myself now. I'm I'm maybe in that six neighborhood, continuing to to work towards the ten. Right, right. But relatively speaking, you pre- you pretty much doubled your public speaking. Oh, skills, for sure. Right. So relatively yeah. speaking, you're like an eleven then, right? Yeah. And the reason we need to think about as a, as a group here is why are you getting better so quickly? The reason is because the format always stays the same. Sure, the guest changes, the research might change a bit, but you're asking similar questions. It's an interview style. You're not going to ask me what my favorite fruit is. Are you going to keep focusing on what value am I delivering for the audience who's listening? Pretty simple. So your communication skill scales a lot faster that way. So same rationale with us or with presentations. You know, Tony Robbins has been doing the same thing for what, 40 years now. So same thing with you. What is the one topic or idea that you can share with other people repeatedly? So even if you have a corporate job, there's a passion that you have outside of work. Some common examples can include you coach a leadership program for kids and you give them presentations about, I don't know, Marketing, because you're just really good at marketing at work. That's a repeatable presentation because even if the ideas remain the same, the kids always change. So it's always mind blowing to them. So you can always reiterate. And for you, it's simple. Your presentation should be your own podcast. What are you trying to achieve with this? What's the goal? The beauty of that type of presentation, Craig, is you could do it forever unless you stop doing the podcast, but you get it. You can keep going. For sure. I mean, to that, to your point, I mean, it's like a, a band, like you too has been playing some of the same songs for 20, 30 years and they just keep getting better. And usually it's a new audience. There's people that come multiple times, but to your point, you can just spread that message to a ton of people. That's great. Absolutely. So how do you attack speech writing? Uh, you know, I mean, do you actually you kind of talked about the intro and the ending, do you start with that and then build the middle, you know, after you've built your intro and your, your ending to your presentation? You got it, but I'm happy to share more on that. So this is a couple, because I like to keep things super simple to not confuse people. So the first part of the framework is simple. If you were to summarize your entire presentation in one sentence, what do you want the sentence to be? Easier said than done. You're just like, man, I got a bunch of content, but how do you summarize it? So here's a thought experiment. Let's say it's your last presentation ever. And after you present, you never get to present anymore. Morbid, but hear me out. And in that presentation, you can say whatever you want for as long as you want. Five hours, a couple of minutes. But your audience won't remember your title, who you are, or even what you said, except for one sentence. What do you want the sentence to be? So for me, yeah, I can tell you 75 different public speaking tips. But there's one sentence that summarizes my entire work it's that I can convince you or that I want to convince you that you can communicate effectively. Because if I can convince you that you can master communication and public speaking, you'll do everything else. You'll watch the videos, you'll take notes, you'll go to other podcasts, you'll read books, you'll, you'll get educated on the topic and I'll have done my job correctly. But if I don't convince you, then I lose, right? The, we, or which means we all do a bad job here. So going back to the ideas you want to share with the world and for everyone listening, what is that one idea, singular idea? That's, so that's part one. Part two is then asking yourself the next question, which is what is the best way of defending that key idea? Notice how I didn't specify any tools. I didn't say, now you need to use humor. No, no, no. What you're supposed to do now is say, based on this key idea, so let's say you're a PhD, for you that might be defending some complex sciencey terms with your colleagues, or if you're a speaker like me or a podcaster like yourself, you're trying to reach the general public or business owners in general. So you're a lot more simpler with your ideas. And then the tools that you use are going to depend on which idea you choose. 
So say in my case, the best way I found over time, and I didn't get it the first time, but after, let's say, I've presented the keynote on my 30th time, I realized that the best way to convince my audience was just to talk about my own insecurities as a speaker. You know, I started coaching executives of big companies when I was 23, and I started doing all this stuff. And I also presented my whole life in a language I didn't even know, because I grew up in a city called Montreal, so, and I, need, I went to French school. So I didn't know French. So I had to give presentations in language. So, so basically what I say in my intro is if I could do it, why can't you? I was like crying half of my presentation. I'm sure you guys could figure it out. So that's how what I do. But for you, that might be different. For those who are listening, that might be different. It might be, somebody might just say, oh, I'm not really comfortable talking about my personal story. That's okay. Pick the tool that you think works for you, but make sure it defends the idea. And then the third part of the framework, you know, keeping it simple, is just reiterate. Your ideas will evolve over time. So will your ability to communicate them. When I was on my first podcast, you know, I didn't sound as smooth as I am today, I guess. Even if I'm sitting on a mattress right now, right, just to be fully transparent. <laughs> like at the beginning, it's just, oh, Brendan, tell me about yourself. It's like, oh, well, like, I guess I got this YouTube channel. Oh, should I tell them it's in my mother's basement? Or, you know? yeah. And yeah. then over time, it's okay, let's, let's make Here's this the story. idea better. Exactly. Yeah. What would you say a couple tips for reading your audience during a speech and then adjusting on the fly. Do you, I mean, is that something that you do? I do, but I don't recommend that for most speakers. It, you know, there's a lot of things I'm very controversial. You probably tell that I, I don't like to recommend things that most people in the industry do. So for example, storytelling is important. Knowing how to gauge your audience in real time is important, but only if you're an advanced speaker, right? I wouldn't start with that. I think what I would start by doing is the following exercise. Let's say you got a business. Right? You're a business owner, you're a podcaster, content creator, and you're really small. You're getting started. There's 10 people, 15 people who are watching you. The question is not, how do I gauge them in real time? But rather, ask yourself, have I had a long dinner with all 15 of them? And the answer for everyone who's listening is no. So the first part I would start with is have long conversations, not surveys, not 10-minute spiels, have one hour conversations with each of the people that are listening to your ideas for some reason. And you need to ask them why they are. When I started MassTruck, I thought it was a stupid idea. I was making videos with the phone. I had no budget. You know, if you don't believe me, I know you believe me, but for those who don't, check out my first videos. And then over time, I started talking to six-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 23-year-olds. And I realized that nobody was making communication content for the world for them to learn from, because they obviously can't afford a speech coach. And the second part of the framework is that the way that everyone, everyone else is teaching communication right now is very academic. It's very PhD. It's like, we should look at the three styles of communication. I just went, why don't you just ask the simple question? How would the world change if you were an incredible speaker? That is a question that if we just asked in every classroom in the world, we'd all just be better communicators. No PhD required, just that one question. But it was through talking to my audience over a series of long conversations, breakfast, lunch, dinner, just casual chats before I keynoted, it allows me to get very clear on how to tailor my message and how to do it in the right way. So that would be my recommendation. If you're not getting lunches with your, the people who are listening to you, start doing that virtually if you can. So originally, were you just finding commenters on your videos and hitting them up and saying, hey, you want to chat? 
Great, great granular question. It depends. So for me, in my case, since I give a lot of speeches in my local city, I started with the people I could find. So obviously it's bizarre talking to a six-year-old and messaging them. So instead what happened, yeah, it's kind of not really. So the reason I gave that example is when I, I was um, volunteering for a kids leadership program on, and I was a communication expert. So then, you know, seven, 14 years old, so they're already in a room. So when I walked in, I, I always come 30 minutes before and, and there's like free breakfast and stuff. So I just eat stuff and I just talk to somebody next to me. And I go, so Rebecca, what do you think about public speaking? And then her eyes just get like really scared. She goes, oh, I don't like public. And I go, why don't you like public speaking? And she's like, oh, like class. And then she's explaining all these things. And I can start to understand really quick. Oh, Brendan, like don't, don't bring out your suits. Don't bring out your CEOs, your client. Like she doesn't care about that stuff. Get into like the jokes, be a lot more calm, be a lot more funny. And it's that insight that you get from your audience that makes you 10 times better. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to make you pick one, one or the other here. For every speech for the rest of your life, either you have to have mediocre content and best in class delivery or best in class content and mediocre delivery. Which do you choose? Definitely the first one, without a doubt. And let me explain okay. why. I want you all, so when I say all, I mean the audience is listening. Sure. I want you all to think about your high school presentations. Not you presenting, but the teachers who present you. How much do you actually remember from those presentations? If you really think about it, the answer for most of you, Craig's is like, zero. <laughs> like literally negative seven. Right? So building on that negative seven, we need to ask ourselves further, why is that? Those teachers were very well educated. Some of them had master's degrees, if not bachelor's degrees. These are not people who just get out of high school and start teaching high school. Really smart people. So why don't we remember anything? But the opposite, my friend, is also true. Now think about the best speakers you've listened to, the Tony Robbinses of the world, the Gary V's. If I asked you what you remembered, you probably wouldn't be able to recite their speeches. You would say something like, you know, Tony taught me to get out of my comfort zone, or Gary V taught me to work harder and to go after my dreams. But you don't really remember even the granular stuff. What conclusion does this lead us to? It leads us to the following. Even if you're the best speaker in the world, people will only remember this much. This much will change their life, by the way, which is a great thing. That's why communication is important because if they have this small part, they'll go and do everything else. They'll buy your books, your courses, they'll get coaching and all that. They'll do whatever it takes to win, but they still need that piece. But if you're anything below world-class, they'll remember nothing. That's why you need to spend 99% of your time on delivery. Because as long as your content is just enough to have one key idea that sticks, going back to my framework, the only thing left to do is to deliver that key idea supremely well. So another example I can give is, let's say I came on the show and I talked about public speaking like this. You would just be like, well, I don't care how good his content is. I just can't listen to this guy. Whereas if I tell you public speaking is a way to make a change, it's not just presentations, Craig. It's the way that you date. It's the way that you negotiate in deals. It's the way that you have meaningful discussions and build meaningful connections in your life. And you say, wow, this public speaking thing is interesting. I got to check this out. Yeah. So to your point, back to your framework and that one idea, you know, the best speakers to your point, you're going to remember at least the thesis of that speech. You're not going to remember every single detail of the 40 minutes they were on stage, but that, that singular thesis, hopefully that comes across. Absolutely. Who's your favorite speaker? Very difficult question for sure. So it's definitely going to be a subjective one. I've got a couple, but my first, my number one is probably Scott Harrison. Okay. Not because Scott is the best speaker in the world, 
but because he's a great example of what outcome-based speaking is. So let me explain what that means. At the end of the day in public speaking, if you have a goal for the presentation and you knock out the goal, you win, right? That's kind of how, you, how, you, how I see it. Gary is a fantastic example of this. A lot of people don't like him. They go, oh, this guy's loud. He's crazy. But he's probably one of the best outcome-based speakers out there. His goal is simple, to get use TikTok. And there's nobody more than I know in the entire speaking circuit who has convinced more human beings, including myself, to get on TikTok. Even if how intellectual the books I read, it was that guy who made me say, okay, I need to take action on this. I'm being a moron for not getting on this platform. So, so same thing with Scott. I think what Scott Harrison has done really well, he's the CEO of Charity Water. And what he's done is he's been able to raise hundreds of millions of dollars for a nonprofit, for a cause, getting people access to clean drinking water, to a population who's unaffected by that problem the U.S. population. And he's done that very well through storytelling, branding, and marketing, but also through the way he speaks. He probably presents 200 times a year to promote the charity. So I just have a lot of respect for how he tells the story over and over and over again. And he's made a big impact in my life. But for purely communication, definitely Seth Godin. The reason Seth is really good at what he does, he's, he's one of the few speakers, if not the only one that I'm aware of in the entire circuit, who's able to speak on very different topics at such a world-class level. This guy can talk about anything. He talks about linchpin and then tribes, and then he throws out marketing somewhere. Then he's talking about purple cows, and then he's talking about marriage. And you're just like, what's going on? But he does it so well at all levels. So those two are the ones that stand out to me. That's great. Who do you consider a mentor? And what would you say is maybe the most important lesson they taught you? Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not being teed up in the right way. It's definitely me caught again. Sorry, I'm just a huge fan. <laughs> not but, a problem. Uh, but, I, but I'm happy to share uh, my favorite quote from him. So once again, I have many mentors. He's just a personal favorite of mine. And the quote that stuck out from him that I'll never forget for the rest of my life is the following. The goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. So when I looked at my life, Craig, I never wanted to be a YouTuber, okay? Like, I just want to be an executive of a company. Who wants to be an entrepreneur anyways? Most, most entrepreneurs are broke. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just want to be a cool CEO or an executive at like an IBM, or like a McKinsey or a Deloitte, make half a million dollars a year, have a nice family, go on some great vacations and then die. I had no other aspirations <laughs> for my life. But, you know, following people like Seth and Scott Harrison and a bunch of other heroes of mine, I realized that life is a lot more than just making some money. But if we have a gift we're sharing, it's important to share it. And it was Scott that really pushed me to, to go ahead forward with Master Talk and share my ideas with the world, which ended up being the ideas of others and being the bridge to those ideas. How did you first get introduced to him and his content? Right. So yeah, his content, he, he, did, a Gary, he did an interview with Gary V uh, five years ago. So this is probably in 2014, 2015. So I was pretty young at the time. I was probably 19, 20 when I first saw that interview. And I think what, what got me so attracted to him is, I know I'm na naming names a lot here, but in the sense of, the same names rather, but in the sense of Gary Vee is someone who doesn't like philanthropy. He's, he's, not, he's never really been involved until recently. Now he's very involved, but not, not at the time. And he was mentioning that interview that it was Scott Harrison that had convinced him that he should you know, start donating money, right? Because he was just saving up for the New York Jets, essentially. <laughs> so he didn't want to spend any money until he was an older guy. And I was of the same thinking, by the way, as Gary Vee. I was like, why would I ever donate money to charity and stuff? Because I don't trust them and all that stuff. But I was like, if he can convince Gary 
to like give my, I got to research this guy and I was blown away. Like I did a couple of hours of research that same day and I was like, wow, okay. I got I to gotta start changing the way that I look at life and how I think about philanthropy. And that morphed not just from charity and my support there, but to my whole life becoming that, just a contribution how you to give the back. human race. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, that's great. So before we have our last question here, where can our listeners find out more about you? Obviously, YouTube. Uh, what's your YouTube channel? Yeah, absolutely. So for those who want to check out the YouTube channel, it's master talk in one word. And if you want to send me a message directly, you can do so on Instagram. That's awesome. So last question, if you could hop in a time machine and go back to the day before you started your YouTube channel, what is one piece of advice you'd give yourself? I always love ending my shows with the same quote and it's, it definitely applies to the day before I started the YouTube channel as well. The quote is as follows, be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you made it 24 minutes into this conversation, you probably want to do something important with your life. So the only advice that matters from little old me is the following. The only way to do important things in life is to be insane. Don't you find it odd that a 22-year-old started a YouTube channel on public speaking, not pranks or vlogs, but on yeah. communication tips. They went on to coach CEOs at 23, but also still lives in his mother's basement. Karaoke is in eight different languages, dances alone in his basement for an hour, loves Justin Bieber, doesn't own a car, and doesn't plan on moving out of his mother's house until he's in his 30s. How do any of those decisions make any sense at all? And that, my friends, is the point. When every decision that you make in your life makes sense to the only person that matters, which is you, you're probably going to be very successful. Very, very good advice. Really appreciate the time that you spent with us today, Brennan. A lot of great advice, a lot of great content, a lot of great value. Thank you so much. Likewise, Craig. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed the discussion today. There's a lot of great things to think about. But my big takeaway is the next time I'm called on to give a speech or a presentation, I'm really going to spend time thinking about the one thing that I want the audience to walk away with as I'm building my speech. I've given a fair amount of presentations, and it's just something I've never even considered. It seems like such a simple concept, but it just never occurred to me. Now I'm kind of wondering, is this the one thing that Brendan wanted us to walk away with today? I guess I'll have to ask him. If you're a small business owner or looking to start a business, join the Small Business School Facebook group. It's a private community of people focused on helping each other grow their businesses. Join the community and let's help each other take our businesses to the next level. We'll see you there. If you'd like to learn more about our guest today or be a future guest on the Small Business School, go to craigsdaily.com slash podcast for more info. And of course, it would mean the world to me if you'd click subscribe or write a review for the Small Business School in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.